welcome back to the seventh edition of Mets Mafia. We have another host, uh, another guest today, so we're very excited for that. Um, another big week of baseball, so we'll dive into that. A lot of injury news and such. Um, so we're excited for another pod. I'll hand it off to Cunny, introduce himself, and give a little recap as well. Yeah, what's up, everybody? Not pretty rough week for our Mets, regardless of wins and losses. We got some injuries, but we'll dive into all that. Look forward to talking Mets baseball. I'm very excited to have our guest on the show tonight. Couldn't agree more. We got Zoe here today. Very knowledgeable Mets fan. You know, decent week. I mean, poor weekend, but we had a coming off a nice win streak and we got to get, get back to our winning ways. Zoe, welcome to the show. Thank you, boys, for having me on. Uh, you know, love your love your guys' podcast. Um, really big Mets fan, Jets fan as well, as well as my beloved Knicks. But um, excited about the Mets season so far. Obviously, the injuries are crazy, but you know, ready to get started and going on this playoff run. Yep. Thank you again, Lorenzo, for coming on. Like you said, big Mets fan. Uh, he's with the Jets Way podcast as well. That's on a bunch of platforms, so make sure you guys give that a listen. Um, but yeah, big week in baseball for the Mets. Lots of injuries. I'm started off uh, kind of on a high note with those two Baltimore games. We were able to beat up on the Orioles. I was there uh, for that first one. Nice little walk off there. Uh, City Field uh, was jumping there at the end, so that was good to see. And then we kind of fell off later in the week, so that was tough, and the injuries started to pile on. So uh, we'll dive into that. Got a lot to talk about um, and try and run it a little shorter. We've been keep running the um, pods a little long, so hopefully try and keep this one a little shorter for you guys to listen to uh, during a car ride, something like that. So I'll let Connie uh, start us off today. Yeah, so why don't we just get right into uh, the good times, the good portion of the week. The Baltimore's fun. CJ was there. He was live tweeting the game. We had some fire content out on Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, definitely follow us on there. And it's almost like we forget that we're on a seven-game win streak with the way the second half of the week went, but we were playing some good baseball, man. We had the bats were quiet early, but we came back in that ninth inning, and that's been kind of a common theme. We've been seeing life late in games. Now they just they got to put it together for a whole nine, though. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a big win, and the biggest, like, you know, worry I had going into that game is we were facing John Means, who's been a pretty good pitcher this year. He's coming off a no-hitter, and it was a matter of, all right, well, when are we going to get to this guy? Is an offense that's been struggling, and right from the go, I think Jeff led off, and they were kind of on him. I mean, yeah, they didn't put up a ton of runs, but they were – I felt like they battled well against them. We were riding a high, you know, off a five-game win streak. We made it six and seven with that series. It was a, it was a good start. Yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been really impressed with the pitching so far. Uh, aside from Lucchese, who's been, um, he's been bad, you know, to be honest. But I think the pitching has really carried us the entire way. Uh, the offense has gotten a little bit better since our new hitting coach has been around. Um, you know, I've seen a, a better approach at the plate, but. Um, the pitching has been tremendous so far. No, yeah, I definitely agree. The pitching has really stepped up. Uh, bullpen and the starting staff, um, top to bottom, really have pitched well. Uh, outside a couple of guys, like you said, Lucchese, uh, not to put it mean, but it has not been good at all. Um, but, yeah, it was good to see Stroman go out there. Another good start for him against Baltimore there. Um, and then the clutch, a little uh, dinker there by Mazika. So that that was huge. Um, I'll be honest, City Field was kind of dead for like the first eight innings. I, I was I lost my voice. I was cheering loud, but it was kind of dead. I don't know if you guys could hear me on the broadcast, but I was yelling loud and the rest of the stadium was uh, pretty quiet. But they erupted there for the ninth inning. Uh, so it was just good to be back in the stadium. Hopefully, uh, you know, with more people there, summer goes on. A uh, little more life in there uh, during the earlier innings. But like it's great to be back. No complaints. Good W. And then we finished off the quick two-game sweep the next night. So that was good. And a 
going into the off day before the brutal Tropicana trip that we had there. Thing I want to get in about that Orioles game on the first day, Stroh was pitching and he made some nice plays in the field. In the first inning, he made an elite play to the left and cut a guy off at home. And then later he had that swaggy little flip to himself, underhand to first. This guy's going to be a gold glover. And, you know, you know, I think as long as he pitches well, too, you know, he's going to probably be, eh, nah. No, I couldn't agree more. Strowman's definitely, he's shown it with the glove. I feel like it's he's making almost a highlight real play every game. That guy's such an athlete. I mean, I love watching him play. He always competes at a high level, and he gives it everything he's got. It's a great point, Greg. Definitely agree, but I think Greg was uh, going to say maybe a Cy Young thing right there. I think before he stopped nah, himself, I think, I think he was going to I'm thinking maybe an all-star because with the guys down, he's going to be the only starter really available, <laughs> man. He might be an all-star for us. I thought that was getting a little ahead of it. He's I definitely agree, not man. a Cy Young. No one's even coming close to fucking Jake. And then there's even other guys that are waiting in line. You never yeah. know, Stro. He can make an all-star, all-star appearance, but the Gold Gov plays, uh, you know, they've been happening all, all year so far. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He already has that one gold glove, so uh, he's a stellar athlete. Um, Long Island boy, so I know Pat Med used to man shortstop. There's a, I remember watching MLB uh, Network one time. There was a video of him playing uh, basketball against my high school, so uh, he's definitely a fantastic athlete. Um, was roughed up a little bit um, in that Tampa series, but like I said, that stadium is horrible. That team, I kind of feel for Yankee fans. Uh, now I know why they hate that team so much. They're just eh. – they're just tough. You know, you go in there, the stadium sucks. You hate to watch the game there. And then they're doing all the weird things, you know, with the openers and dudes only pitching twice through the order and such. So uh, definitely a tough matchup. They kind of handed it to us. I'm glad to get out of there before more damage was done because with Conforto and McNeil going out, um, that really hurts. Yeah, and one thing we definitely have to point out in that Baltimore series, though, before we move on to Tampa is Harvey. Uh, coming back to City Field, we put out a video. We we love what he did in New York, and we appreciate him. I mean, you never forget that 2015 World Series run. And even though it didn't end the way we wanted it, though, that was just an incredible performance, and he was so locked in that game. So we appreciate the dark night, and the boys put a heart on the dark night. Yeah, he uh, definitely was a little bad in practice towards the end, but it was great to see Harvey back. He was always one of my favorites when he was a Met. I mean, happy Harvey Day was a holiday every day of the week when he's pitching. I mean, come on. But uh, he was great when he came up as a rookie that all-star year in 13, pitching at home at City Field. And then the man was uh, dealing for us in the World Series. So, I mean, love that, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's tough to see uh, Harvey in another uniform. But I was there at the all-star game, um, and it was, it was a crazy atmosphere. Like, every seat in the stadium was packed. Um, everybody was cheering for Harvey. It was an amazing experience. Uh, so definitely um, glad to see that he's still healthy, though, and still, you know, in the league after how his Mets career ended. Yeah, no, absolutely. The uh, Dark Knight will always have a special place in our hearts. Put uh, his heart in the sleeve out there for New York and really just put up, you know, just gave it his all every time out there. So um, we love Harvey, you know, uh, tough to see him out there in Orioles uniform. Glad we smacked him around a little bit, you know, after God's ovation, put the video out for him. So it was a good tribute. Um, but it was good to see the offense come alive a little bit and hit him around. Um, sad he's not the pitcher that he was. The injuries really did take the toll on him there. Um, but, yeah, he did have a good career for the Mets, even though it didn't all work out in the end. But uh, he was one of the first guys, you know, that started the Mets pitching uh, renaissance again you know he was like the first dude up and then they all kind of followed DeGrom, Syndergaard um, and it's been kind of just a fruitful uh, batch of arms for us since so 
that's been good to see. Good drafting by the front office and such. Yeah, no, 100%. I thought that was a great point, CJ. He kind of led the charge in the uh, rejuvenation of Mets pitching because you go back to the, you know, we had Doc, Seaver. You got the Mets pitching has always been pretty good. So he really started to bring that back after a low point. And while we're showing him love, we also got to show love to our pitcher. Taiwan threw that day, right? He threw a gem. He's been he's been really good for us all year. He had a lot of Ks, and he I think he had like five straight innings with like straight outs. Like he didn't I think it was like innings three through six or seven. He was just dealing for those, and it was a great start. But uh, offense was hitting too, which was nice to see. But Zell. What do you guys say? Yeah, one thing about Taiwan that's pretty interesting is that like we got him after the whole Trevor Bauer thing. Um, and I and I think at least through his last start, you know, he had fairly better numbers. Obviously, Trevor Bauer is, is on the Dodgers doing his thing, but um Taiwan Walker has been, you know, pretty amazing so far uh, throughout the season. Yeah, Taiwan has been great. Um tough. We're recording this right now. It's the uh, Monday night. The fourth inning just ended for the Mets game and uh, Taiwan Walker is out of the game with left side tightness. It just adds uh, more insult to injury, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but the injuries really are piling it up now, so it's tough to see. But I kind of want to go off track and we discussed this. I just want to ask, uh, has anybody heard anything about Anthony DeComo or anything like that? He hasn't tweeted in four days, so I wonder if he's on... Uh, because usually he's tweeting all the time, so I don't know if anybody's heard anything about him, but uh, he's he's out right now. So That's a great point. I have not even realized that. He's usually, like, one of my go-tos with the Mets news. I haven't realized he hasn't tweeted in a bit. Yeah, because I just had to look it up about Walker, because I know that uh, we saw Reed Foley warming up, and, yeah, look at his last tweet is three days ago. So Steve Gelbs has been the guy I've been going to for the Mets news there. So that's uh, odd. Hopefully everything's all right with uh, the Como good Mets beat right there. All right, so what do we got? We Then we uh, got our ass spanked in uh, Tampa. <laughs> Just a brutal weekend, man. I fucking hate playing. I mean, we don't really play there a lot, but I like CJ was saying, you just hate watching a game there. It is brutal. It's just – and the turf, honestly, who knows? Maybe the turf played a factor and our guys getting hurt. I mean, that's such a whack thing to say, but that's what players say sometimes. But we always played on turf and dirt. It didn't make a difference, really, in my opinion. But who knows? The athletes – they always got some sort of excuse for them. My catcher just got turf toe in one of my leagues in fantasy. So, like, who knows with anything? I thought that only happened in football. Yeah, I just want to jump in quick there because McNeil got hurt in the game that I went to, that first Baltimore game. They pulled him out with cramps. Um, and then he didn't play the next day. Then DH uh, in between. I think he had a day off in between there as well. And now he's hurt again. So the Mets um, kind of dropped the ball on that. He clearly was more hurt than they were letting on, let him back out there, and now he's on the IL. So um, I feel like we have a history of doing things like that, and, you know, it's come up again early in the season, so you hate to see that. Hopefully he gets well soon, but they just got to stop doing that, man. Like, it's I, you can just, like, count, I feel like, on multiple hands how many times they've done this throughout the years with guys, oh, they're all right, and then bang, hurt. Like, same thing with the Grom IL stint now. Like, come on, like, when is it going to stop with these? If the guy's hurt, like, put it right away. Don't, like, push it off. I just feel like this is just a reoccurring theme with this team. That's a great point, CJ, because I feel like that's how the Dodgers are, but they're always smart with it. Like, their guys, when they get hurt, it's the beginning of the year. Like, Bellinger's been out pretty much, like, the whole year. They're letting him sit. Mookie was banged up a couple weeks early. He missed, like, two or three games at a time, like, and now he's playing every day again. But they're good enough with their depth to stay along and, you know, be good until they get healthy. And we're trying to rush these guys back, and now they get hurt. It's a common theme the Mets have kind of always done. Yeah, I think Met fans and and, and the Met front office in general is – very like impatient like we've all been through hell and back 
watching this team. Um, and obviously we want the best guys out there, but like sometimes you just got to think about the long-term plan and just say like, you know what? You came out the game on Tuesday. Let's just put you in the IL, you know, get your rest and everything like that. And then come back when you're healthy instead of, um, you know, the back and forth game that they've been doing for a while. Yeah, it's honestly ridiculous. I mean, it's not like we're doing this with not key guys. I mean, Jeff McNeil is essential to this team. Jacob DeGrom is the most essential player to this team. You'd think they would take care of their better players. If they've got a nagging injury, just let them sit. It's it's honestly mind-boggling. You guys remember Ray Ramirez? Everyone used to hate on that guy, but clearly it's not Ray Ramirez. Yeah. <laughs> And the thing that bends me out of shape about the McNeil thing is cramps. Like cramps aren't like a two-day thing, three-day thing, you know? I mean, at least in my experience, I've gotten cramps before, you know, you wake up at night, but just like you got to be hydrated, you know, eat a banana, things like that. I mean, they have much more uh, nutrition and technology at the Mets uh, facilities to get him hydrated and stuff like that where cramps are an issue. So for them to make that a three-day thing and then that's why he's – like, it's ridiculous. So, like, what do they think? We're stupid? Like, come on. I just – that just really bends me out of shape when they do that because they – it, it's happened countless times now. So They got to take it into their own hands. McNeil's not a guy who's going to say, yeah, I'll sit down. Like, they got to tell him, yeah, you're going to sit down. He's just going to go out there and do exactly what he did and further his injury more. And it's fine if he misses three or four games in a row, especially right now. Jose Peraz has actually been playing some good baseball. So let him play for a week straight and Jeff get healthy. You're playing May 17th instead of May 10th. What's the difference? Like, come on. They got to be, be smart in that. That starts with management, honestly. They said not rushing back. Like, you got to bench him that day. Bench him longer. You don't have to put him on the IL. Keep him on the bench. Maybe he'll swing once or twice a game in, in, a, in a week or something like I guess that's what they were trying to do with McNeil because didn't he DH on Sunday as well, um, if I'm not mistaken? So I guess they were just trying to get him some ABs, you know, not trying to push him, just, I guess, see if he's healthy. But I, I guess for me, like, I'd rather him just be out a week than him try to come back too soon and be out, who knows, a month or so, um, you know, especially with the injuries we, we've had on this team so far. How many injuries we got? What's, like, the list of everybody now? I feel like there's probably like eight guys that are hurt right now. Yeah, I got it pulled up right now. We got Syndergaard, Lugo, McNeil, Conforto, Guillaume, J.D. Davis, Nimmo, DeGrom. Uh, and then we got Almora, Carrasco. I got a bunch of the uh, minor league dudes that are hurt. Matthew Allen, you know, towards uh, UCL beginning the time of John. Batances out. Um, yeah, that's that's what we got so far, man. You know, the, all the, all these guys – getting hurt and now we got walker so hopefully uh his thing's just like a little blip and he doesn't miss any time because that puts more uh more strain on that uh pitching rotation i mean i don't even know who would come up to throw after that i mean we got yamamoto with lucchese's been throwing peterson um so it'd be interesting to see if he has to miss a start um fingers crossed that doesn't happen like who would come up and take that with the grom still out and such but um yeah the depth is definitely being called uh into play here early on in the season, the month of May. Yeah, look who's on the roster right now. We got Hater up. And what's our starting center fielder name Argus. tonight? Fargus. I can't even He's say. Minor person. league legend, right? Joe Hennessy, I think. Joe Hennessy Fargus. I think that's Joe Hennessy? Name. Yeah, something like that. John Shway. John Shway. Yeah, it's something. I think it is John Shway. Yeah, I think it is John Shway. It's a mouthful for sure. But he apparently minor league legend. Good for him. He's a speedster. 
Well, he's had two terrible strikeouts tonight. I'll tell you that he looked, he looked bad on the last one, but uh, he'll give him some time. He's going to be I playing he with was, it clearly. I thought he was severely outmatched in spring training. All the bats I saw for him. I mean, so did Khalil Lee. He looked like that too, and we've been calling for his name. I want to see Khalil yeah. too, but he looked terrible in spring also. Oh no, yeah, I did mention that in the last pod that I think he, should, but he did look horrid at the plate as well. So I mean, I guess one of these two dudes. Uh, Hopefully one of them hits, you know. You know who you know who they should bring up? I don't know if they got rid of him or not. It's my guy Jose Martinez. They signed him in spring. He'd be no, he ACL. Yeah, I was gonna say his name. Yeah, no, I don't know if he tore his uh, knee. Yeah. He got hurt. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, he's he, done. Yeah, he got uh one of the first spring training games. He was going for a foul ball, hit uh, ground ball, ran into the umpire and tore up his knee. And that's it. End of that's this is gonna be the last year he'll ever be in MLB the show. He was always a cheat code for me. <laughs> Can you imagine if we didn't sign guys like VR and Pilar? Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, even Peraza was a good signing. Like, we need him right now. He's going to help out. That uh, that outfield depth is is getting very, very slim. Um, hopefully, at least Nimmo can come back. Yeah, when's your guys' boy coming back? Uh, J.D. Davis is on a um, rehab assignment. I know. So no, he, I bet your boy soon. Nimmo. Your boy Nimmo, CJ. When's he coming back? <laughs> I don't know when Nimmo is coming back, but I know JD should be back soon. He's going to rehab assignment this week, so they're going to give him a couple at bats with the Cyclones, I believe. Um, and then he shall be back. But uh, Nimmo, honestly, I can't. I can't say for sure. I think he's a little further along. Um, but I know. I think he uh, suffered a setback. Yeah, no, that's what his issue was. He was out of my league rehab assignment uh, during the race series. And then they said he suffered a setback. Well, that's encouraging. Even when our guys get hurt, they're not even getting healthy quick. Cause so we got the whole squad hurt and you know, they can't even get better. We're going to have a, like the all MVP or all amazing team on the IL. So we need some guys <laughs> healthy soon, man. I feel like now's a good time to talk about how on Twitter, we threw up a poll of who, the fans would want to be brought in between a couple names. It was Puig, Hanniger, Dickerson, and uh, Joey Gallo. Joey Gallo had about 40%. Obviously, he's the biggest name on that list. Puig, I think, was second, then Hanniger, and then uh, Dickerson. So what's your guys' thoughts on that? Who would you take? Uh, personally, I'm for the Yasiel Puig um, section of that, just because he's free. Not a free. He wouldn't cost us anything. Um, per se, um, I don't think any of those, I'm not really crazy about any of those dudes, um, to be honest, but out of the poll, I think, uh, we, um, just because he wouldn't cost us anything, be a, a flyer, um, another right-handed bat. So it wouldn't be a, the worst thing in the world, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He, he definitely would be like a flyer for sure. Like he'd kind of be free money if you like, you know, I signed him for a lot and yeah, you'd have to trade something to get those guys. And those guys were all in those slouches, really. You'd have to probably give up a piece if you don't really want to do so. Why not give Puig, you know, two or three weeks in May and see if you can see, stay on the team? Like, Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what the Mets need. It's just a guy, you know, a veteran guy just to come in for, let's just say, a month, maybe two. Because um, obviously you don't want, you know, Nimmo hurt long-term and Conforto. We don't know what he's going to be like for the next couple months. So, you know, we don't want to trade valuable pieces for a guy who's going to be on this team for a month or two, you know, at the, at the end of the day. So definitely would, uh, would like to take a flyer on Puig as well. Yeah, I agree with you guys. I definitely want to bring it up because I'm against who everyone voted for. I don't want Joey Gallo. I feel like we have enough of those guys on our team, enough guys that strike out. And I just feel like I like your guys' idea. If you're going to go out and get help, 
don't give up any guys because Brody also drained a lot of the farm. So I think we just got to stay put, ride it out. I mean, CJ was just saying JD's on his way back soon. That'll help because he could even play a little left field if you need him. And I think we'll be all right. Yeah, I kind of just wait and see for now, ride it out till we approach the deadline, kind of see how the division and such is shaking out, what teams kind of fall back, um, what teams are buyers and sellers. I think that could be a good point, a uh, good time to take advantage of some things rather than right now where we kind of are desperate and teams will take advantage of us. I feel like just wait out a little bit. Um, but Sandy's seasoned in that aspect. He's a good general manager. So um, I don't expect him to get fleeced or uh, hit the panic button too soon. So. If we were to make a trade for one of them, though, Gallo, I probably I wouldn't say no to. I mean, how can you how would you not want that bad? I know he's a strikeout guy, but we would have to give up a lot for him. That's why, like, Dickerson is probably I mean, inter inter division trade. I don't see as much, but Hanniger is like one of the hottest hitters in the league right now. He kind of would be at a high price, too. So, like, it's not even like those are good deals, really. Like, none of them are actually going to I don't know if they're all any of them is going to happen, to be honest. The thing about Hanniger, I wanted to say is that He's on the Mariners, obviously, just brought up Kalanick. Um, they have a young outfield for the most part. Who knows? They might be trying to cut some salary. I don't know his salary uh, situation, but, you know, it could be one of those those deals where they're not looking for, you know, a, a, a top 100 prospect for Mitch Hanniger, you know? Yeah, I agree. I was just about to bring that up, Lorenzo. That's a great point that they did just bring up Kalanick. Uh, they got uh, Julio Rodriguez in the minor, another outfielder, Kyle Lewis, Taylor Trammell. Um, so all those dudes do play the outfield and Hanniger has been playing well. So maybe they do uh, decide to um, make the most out of that and try and uh, sell, sell high on him uh, while they have those young dudes because they're really not going anywhere this year. So I think that was a very good point. And I was going to bring it up. So uh, yeah. And a clinic, our boy, thank you, Brody. So uh, let's not, <laughs> let's not uh, cry ourselves to sleep tonight. All right, so we're not going to go too much into that Tampa Bay series. Uh, everybody knows it was horrid. We did not play well at all. Um, but we did just want to give a little shout-out, a little love to David Peterson. He threw well. Um, finally, I feel like he's throwing a couple of stinkers in a row. So for him to go out there and uh, kind of shove it was good to see. Hopefully he comes along and can put a couple of good starts together and pitch uh, to his potential because that would be real well, even with the guys that we do have coming back. Um, so it would be nice to see Peterson put it together a little bit. Good to see him go out there and – put a nice one together for us. Yeah, I think it was his first time he's ever gone into the eighth inning. The only thing that made me upset is how they let him go out in the eighth and they didn't even warm up a soul in the pen. That's just, they made some bad moves at the end of that game that kind of cost us it. We were up 2 nothing. They let that inning get away from him, and then we lost on the Brett Phillips walk-off, which you just hate to see. Just ended the, lose, the winning streak and started a quick losing streak, and I don't like it, so... We could have avoided that if Trevor May was out there getting hot. He looked very uncomfortable when he got out there. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say about Peterson was that I feel like in the past, he's always just had like one inning that really screwed him over where he would have like 30 pitches, a couple walks, like not even close to the strike zone. But then he would like eventually find found, um, found it. But um, I really feel like he was just on his game um, the entire way. And I, I definitely like what you said, Greg. Um, I definitely think he should uh, – Rojas should have had – may or somebody warming up just to start the eighth inning in case um you know something something bad happened like it did yeah of course i was out here last week on the episode saying that's what i was least worried about i got caught riding the high but between the injuries i, I mean even going way back that mean when uh, he intentionally walked the eight batter and that pitching change this guy's had me on my heels this week so i wish i could take back that statement yeah ross i mean uh 
we mean Greg kind of hit that one. We know, uh, we know what Rojas is there. So, uh, you know, is he going to win us many games? Probably not. Will he lose us some? Yeah, probably a handful. So, uh, I hope it's not more than a handful. Then uh, I think we'll be all right. But we'll just get into the Brave series there and kind of preview it. Um, but that's going to be tough to do because we don't have any probable starters in the next four days. Uh, Walker just left this game. So, um, yeah, we're kind of in bad shape. We'll probably have a bullpen game um, one of the next three days, uh, I would assume. I don't know if any of you guys have heard any probables, but nothing has been announced or confirmed on anything I've looked at. Um, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what the Braves' bats do against us. Well, Peterson could probably go Wednesday, right, because he threw Friday. And then it's all about who's pitching tomorrow, really. So why not give our guy Yamamoto a chance, yo? They just haven't, like, let him get out there for a start. Like, why not? See what he's got. Lucchese should not be allowed on the mound ever again. I don't want to see him pitch. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Greg. Uh, Wednesday is Peterson. Um, they do Wednesday have that on is? ESPN. Yeah. yeah. That's the only uh, person they have. And then Saturday is supposed to be against Miami. is supposed to be Stroman. But after that, those are the only two people. So uh, tomorrow, and th- tomorrow and Friday are up in the air there. Yeah, I think our best bet for tomorrow is probably a bullpen game. We've already seen it a couple times this year. And then, to be honest, it's it's worked out at times. But I think that's what we'll probably see tomorrow, even, like, if uh, Yamamoto comes up. Or, like, I think he probably won't start the game based on how the years went so far. I don't see why they would, like, all of a sudden switch their minds. He strives in that role. So this is a big week for us coming up, though. It sucks with all these injuries. We got the Braves and the Marlins. The Marlins have shown that. They're going to stay competitive. They're surprising me. So we got two big series, divisional games. Well, I don't know how much of a bullpen game tomorrow is going to be if tonight Walker went three. And, I mean, Reed Foley's given us some innings, but I don't know how many guys we're going to have to use tonight. So I don't really see a bullpen game happening tomorrow. We need a starter-type pitcher to eat up four, five, six innings tomorrow, like whether it's Chitty Lucchese or if they give Yamamoto a chance for someone who could pitch for length because the pen might be used a lot tonight. Zero-zero game, like. You got G-Man who could give you length tomorrow. True. And maybe Tommy Hunter for two, maybe three. A guy like Drew Smith, when's the last time he pitched? Well, he pitched Saturday. Him and uh, they did a bullpen game against the Rays, mm-hmm. game two. What did he throw, two innings? So he should be good? Yeah, he could probably go two. Yeah, I was going to mention Drew Smith. He'd probably be in line for one of those bullpen days. Definitely eat up a lot of innings there. Yeah, definitely agree that, like, we got to get Yamamoto some love on the team. Um like I mentioned before, Lucchese just hasn't had it. I think uh, the one game he did have it, I was uh, – Greg Cunney and I were at the game, um, and he threw, like, two scoreless or gave a one and run. Um, that's and run, that's so. minus one and a half, boys. Yeah. Every <laughs> time think... I'm at the stadium, you book it and you lock it, all right? So I guess you were his uh, good luck charm there, but he just hasn't had it this entire year. Um, Greg brought up a good point that, like, the bullpen is probably going to – you know, obviously with this game, they're probably going to be taxed for tomorrow. So um, need someone to eat up innings, um, you know, as soon as possible. Our bullpen luckily has been our strength. So we just got to keep relying on those guys to hopefully keep us afloat right now because they've been pitching well. I mean, I'm not going to say that I don't have faith in them because to be honest, I think right now our bats, like we need Lindor to step up this series. We need like Pete to step up, Dom to step up. Those three guys are healthy and they're core of our team. Like, we're talking about three of our best hitters. They need to, like, now is a great time to get hot. It's a good point, Connie. They're, like, the only three starters that are still left in the lineup. So, they kind of do need to carry it, but it doesn't matter. The heartbeat of the team is the Alars. Johnny V and Juan <laughs> out there, man, they've been killing it. They're carrying the squad. 
I think, yeah, like you said, the Alars have uh, been huge for us so far here. And, you know, to be honest, Lindor has been bad still. You know, we thought he was coming out of it a little bit, um, but he's back to back to the bad ways and he's kind of making errors in the field now again. So this is not not good for him. Hopefully uh, it's like going on a month and a half now. So hopefully uh, he writes the ship soon. He's just simply too talented to be playing uh, this poorly right now. It feels like they make it so much worse than it is right now because those three guys, listen, Pete's been, Pete's been right, but the other two guys, they've been missing. Dom's got two homers this year, man. Like, that's unacceptable. They have been missing. They need to step up when we need them. That's what good players do. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I feel like Dom has been, like, he. I think the last two games, or one of the games, he had a two-game, um, two-hit game, and then against the Orioles, I think he had a two-hit game as well. So he's been getting his knocks. It's just He's not really driving in the runs. He's not really hitting for power yet. Um, hopefully that comes soon. It's 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 May, you know. But um, you know, I feel like our big bats have to step up because the bench mob has been unfortunately carrying us. Yeah, yeah I, was, think... uh, I was chirping Dom a little last week, and he woke up the day after <laughs> short that big game against the Orioles. But then he went kind of back to sleep in Tampa. But we need we definitely need Dom. I think he's a guy who was kind of carrying the lineup last year. So right now, like we're saying. If it's not going to be Lindor and Pete's doing his thing, I think it could be Dom's Dom's turn to step up. Well, uh, I don't know if you guys do remember, but uh, that we did mention about that the day before that Orioles game. We mentioned that Dom was playing a lot and he hasn't been performing, and uh, everybody else was kind of getting um, getting some run on the bench. So it was kind of surprising to see him out there that much. And then that first Orioles game, they had Almora in center field and Pilar in left, and then Almora. Um, ran to the fence there so that's what how Dom came on and then he played well the second day but yeah like you guys said the power just hasn't been there for him um they did look like they were trying to give him some breathers there before Amore got hurt but now he'll be in that lineup every day just because we don't have the depth right now so he's gonna have to battle through it and uh hopefully that turns it around for him because he hasn't been great so far none of the power is there period boys we're, uh, we got Pete with six home runs and no one else is even at five this is just these power numbers are brutal. I mean, the doubles are also really low too. Just all the extra base hits are down. It's, it's really tough to see. We need these guys hitting, start bopping the ball a little bit. Terrible. We're a team that's right now relying on base-to-base -base baseball, and we have guys hitting under like 220. It's it's honestly horrid. It's tough to watch. They got. I hope we could get hot soon, man. Do you guys think the power numbers are because of the new baseballs, or you think it's just? the Mets not performing well at the start? Because I, I feel like in the MLB as a whole, like the power numbers are kind of down. Yeah, I agree. I think it has a combination of things. I definitely might think it's the new ball. Um, they played a lot of day games early in the year, so I think it's harder to hit in day games, just kind of like tougher to pick up the ball. I think that's one. The pitchers are so filthy now. Um, like I said, it's not warm enough. I think as the as it gets warmer, I think especially at City Field, the ball will travel a little bit more. Um, because I, when I was there on Monday, we were sitting in section 139, right um, to the left of the apple, if you're looking from home plate. And there is a distinct jet stream pushing the ball, like from the bat that was on the back, uh, back of our heads, pushing the ball straight down. So you could definitely feel the ball getting knocked down there, but then it was blowing it out to right field a little bit. Um, so I think as the summer warms up a little bit, stuff like that, the ball will travel a little bit more. But yeah, the power has been real bad. Nobody's hitting for a slugging the ball at all so that needs to turn around because that's a huge part of our offense you know we have big sluggers and if we're not hitting home runs we're not going to be 
riling off four or five hits in a row to have big innings. So that's a huge part of how we produce runs. So I know you said that like power numbers are down, which, you know, I mean, I guess they are, but I just feel like for the Mets in this time of year in April, the weather's just always so shitty. So like, we all know it's a little colder of a lot of wind. I'll tell you right now, as a golfer, that wind is a bitch in April. So it's always tough. Like these guys are not hitting and maybe they change the baseball and you know, the weather is not great right now. It's a combination of everything and they look bad with it, but who knows once the summer comes around, weather starts getting nice. Players start getting back healthy. I think they'll they'll find it. I mean, they got it. It's, it's baseball. Like they can't be bottom of the league in the power numbers with this good a team. Like, I agree. I think the baseballs definitely do have something to do with it because, like, you see watching the game, it looks like some balls are launched and then they just don't leave the yard. But CJ, you brought up a good point about early season baseball. It's always been tougher to hit in the earlier part of the year. But honestly, I think the Mets' problem isn't so much baseball. You see it in their average too. Like. There's very few guys that are actually putting together even good at bats. It seems like, to be honest, they've got they have to figure that out first before they even start launching the homers. They got a lot to do with hitting. They got to improve in all aspects. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Uh, just approach in that um that regard. I feel like the at bats. I feel like sometimes even with men on the scoring position, you know, we're swinging at the first pitch and it's like a ground ball to second base. It's like you know, try to have a good at bat, try to put the ball in the air, especially with um, less than two outs. So definitely think the approach has to get better as a whole. Yeah, I think the approach is poor. Guys just going up there getting fooled, I think, hunting fastball and then getting fooled with an off-speed pitch and then just hitting tappers. I think that's a huge thing. Um, yeah, the approach kind of has been bad. I guess that's one of the reasons that Chile um, went. And I think, like we said, that's a combination of reasons. But uh, I just kind of want to allude to the game right now. It's 0-0, bottom of the six. So, you know, the bullpen, again, showing up. Walker came out in the third inning. So uh, the pitching has been there. The bats have been abysmal. Uh, you know, the lineup we out there, have out there right now, uh, Max Fried is kind of shoving it up ours. But, um, you know, just like looking at the game tonight, it's kind of how it's been. The bullpen real good. The bats nowhere to be found. So you got to hope for a big fly or something like that because uh, – putting hits together, especially with this lineup, doesn't look like it's going to happen. So somebody's got to run into one. We have Morton tomorrow. He's not an easy guy to hit either. The Mets got their work cut out for them, man. I don't know who's pitching for the Marlins this weekend, but at least we miss Ian Anderson, I guess. But Morton's no easy task. Okay. Tomorrow we have uh, Tucker Davidson. Uh, I think that's his first ever start. Oh, and Morton's the day after. Yeah, Morton's the day after. And the Marlins have not announced their uh, their starters yet. And then, but yeah, so we got a rookie tomorrow. So, you know, hopefully you can hit that guy around, give him a uh, a rude welcome to the major leagues. But, yeah, Charlie Moore and uh, Chuck always kind of does the job. Not doing great this year with a 508 ERA. Um, but, you know, he's always got the good stuff. So if he's on, it'll be a tough game for us. I see the Marlins' first game, too, is Pablo Lopez. Okay. You know who I'm excited to watch in that uh, Marlins series is Jazz Chisholm. Like, I know he's an intro-division guy, but I'm excited to watch that kid. I think he's going to be pretty good. He's definitely got some swag. I like him, too. I think the Marlins – I don't know if you guys saw. I think the Marlins just released those red pinstripe jerseys. Uh, I think that they'll be rocking now. I don't know if anybody saw those. but those Oh, they're going to be ro- They're going to be wearing those? I, I thought so. I mean, they, they had a bunch of the players wear. I know Jazz, uh, the MLB – um, Instagram that. account that released that. I, I don't think they have um, an alternate since they got rid of the, the orange thing. I know they have the black for the road. I think they wear it at home every once in a while, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's the – interesting what pants they wear with that, though. Just like the Mets when they bring back the black jersey, what pants they're going to wear, those pinstripes? Definitely not. When are they doing that? 
that'll probably be their city edition or whatever Nike's doing with that alternate jersey. So you said every team's getting an alternate this year? I think I think all teams are getting like a city or a city edition jerseys, like similar to how like the NBA has like their wow. their city edition. I think Boston had like the yellow ones for the mm-hmm. uh the Boston Marathon and then Miami just got there. So I'm not sure how many teams or if all teams are getting it, but it seems like a, a good amount of teams are. That's sick. Yeah, that's I, definitely when the Mets will bring the blacks back. Yeah. I think to be honest, we might see like five, six games in the black jerseys this year. I mean, I think definitely less than 10. Um, like you said, I, they don't have pants for that right now. I mean, because they're going to wear them at home. They're not going to wear them with the pinstripe pants. So Nike's going to have to release new pants for those, um, unless they're wearing them on the road sometimes as well. But, you know, Friday night, City Field, people want the black. When they used to wear them in 2006 and such, it was kind of alternates. They did both, but they had those white pants with just the, uh, the blue piping on the side, no pinstripes. Now they don't have those pants anymore. So... We'll see what Nike does with that, but excited for those black jerseys for sure. Yeah, the need that energy. Look good on, the, on the road back in the day, I will say. The black on the gray is a clean look. We used to have that at purchase, the, the black vest with the gray. Yeah, that but was the clean. gray and gray is clean, too. Like, they're wearing these blue yeah. with the, the yeah. uh, silver right now. Those are terrible. I don't like the gray ones. on gray like is blue on gray. We need that energy at the city field. I want to see the black jersey brought back because, like you said, CJ, when you went, it was dead. Because with social distancing and COVID, with the stadium kind of empty, the energy's not there. I feel like we need a little buzz at City Field, and that'll get the boys going. Yeah, man. It took, like, the sixth, seventh inning to get, like, the first real Let's Go Met chant going with, like, other people, like, doing things. You know, it was real. Well, you know, people, families there and such. But, you know, you get a little loud. You know, I don't think anything too vulgar was going on. People were being nice about it. You know, me, I like to make my voice heard, especially in the outfield there. I'm not too far away. People are being quiet. So those outfielders can definitely hear me over there. Um, but yeah, we had a good time. Great to see that W will be back on the 24th. Um, I believe they play Colorado then. And then on my birthday, the 28th Friday night against the Braves. Hopefully one of those is a DeGrom start. He'll be back soon. I'm itching for a DeGrom start at City Field. Absolutely uh, craving it. All right. You guys want to move into our... Uh... Questions for our guest, Lorenzo? Absolutely. Lorenzo. Yeah, go ahead, Connie. Kind of start that up. Yeah, I'll shoot mine at you first. Give me your pre- final record prediction for the New York Mets this year. Wow. Um, I'm going to go 92 and 70. I think I think that's – I, I think we get to 92. I think we get over 90. Love the energy. Love it. 90-plus, baby. Let's go. All right, so I guess I'll hop into my next one. I like that 90-plus prediction. You know, my fingers crossed for that. Uh, hopefully the bats come around and we uh, blow past that, hopefully get to 95. But, yeah, hopefully for a good season, definitely playoff 90, I think, would be division or at the very least wild card. So definitely hoping for that. Uh, but the question that I have for you, Lorenzo, I know uh, a bunch of our prospects are a couple of years away from contributing. Um but what prospect do you think uh, could make the biggest impact this year, either like down the stretch, maybe like a couple games filling in, but uh, what kind, what guy do you have your eye on in the minors that you think could make an impact um, this year, big or small? For the Mets? Hmm. I don't know if we have too many prospects that are coming up in double A and triple A that are making an impact for the Mets this year, just because, I feel like the better Mets prospects are in the lower level ranks. That's just my opinion. Um, but just in general for prospects, I'm really excited for 
Ronnie Mauricio and Francisco uh, Alvarez. Um, I definitely think just having a homegrown catcher who can obviously hit, um, he seems to be, you know, really good and, and getting better behind the plate. So, you know, I'm hoping he's up here in, in two, three years, hopefully, and Mauricio um, the same as well. They've been um, hitting really well so far for the um, single A Mets um, this year. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. definitely agree. Yeah, I agree as well. I think the, the big-time prospects are definitely at the lower level. So does that, that – I know there are a bunch of them are at the Brooklyn Cyclones. City man yourself, Lorenzo, are you going to be checking out uh, any games at Coney Island over there for the Brooklyn Cyclones? I might. I might, you know, beach day, little little Cyclones game, uh, get in there. But, yeah, I usually go to a Cyclones game, um, obviously, before 2020. I usually go at least one a year just because it's – like six dollar tickets, you know. It's it's good vibes down there. Yeah, too. It's, it's, I like it's, yeah, it's good vibes. You know, you, the roller coasters are in the background. It's, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff to do in Coney Island in general. So you know, just be able to catch a Cyclones game every now and then is uh, always dope. You always gotta get a fat dog when you go to Coney Island. Got a cop a glizzy. <laughs> right, so, so for mine, I'll give you which out of the three injured pitchers, I know we got in a lot of injuries right now, but out of the guys we haven't seen yet this year, which out of the three are you most excited to see? Thor, Carrasco, or Lugo? And who do you think I mean, will have the biggest impact? Uh, I'll, I'll go biggest impact, I think, is Lugo, because um, I think he could be used in multiple ways. Um, he is a multi, multi-inning reliever guy. You know, He could be used late in games for saves. He could honestly be an opener, too. Um, so just, just to be able to have that versatility, not only for the regular season, but hopefully playoffs as well. Um, you could use them in multiple ways. I'm honestly so excited to see Cookie Carrasco. Um, I've always been a fan of his, uh, when he was in Cleveland. Um, and obviously with, you know, his leukemia and and everything like that, I'm a bigger fan, but, um, he seems like he's a really just veteran solid pitcher. You know, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. He's going to eat up innings, uh, slider, fastball. Um, and yeah, he's, I'm just excited to see him. Hopefully he's back uh, pretty soon. I agree. I mean, I'm personally a huge Thor guy, so I'm always excited for him, but I think a lot of Mets fans are going to be really excited when they see what we got, what we got in that deal besides Lindor with Carrasco as well, because he's still a pretty damn good pitcher and he's arguably a two on some, on a lot of teams in the league at his best. So if he can get back to that form in this rotation, he's going to be huge. Yeah, I think that uh, was a great question. Great. I kind of just want to um, piggyback off that kind of for you there. Um, and kind of with the injuries that we've seen kind of so far, you know, Walker just went out now. Um, Lugo seems to be like, I guess, a less than a month away, I would say. It sounds like he'll be back yeah. um, re- relatively soon. Any chance do you think that they uh, extend him, st- kind of stretch him out, kind of to be a starter with the injuries we've had in the pen, uh, injuries to the rotation? Uh, and the bullpen's been pitching well so far. So uh, what do you guys think of that? I mean, personally, I think that he's a great reliever. That's where he should stay. But uh, I know the Mets always like to fiddle around with his role. So what do you guys think about him potentially being extended there with the injuries we've had? I mean, listen, in a perfect world, if he was healthy, I'd want him being that guy to be the starter and eat up five innings now. But, like, off the injury, I don't want to rush him into a starter role. I think we should start him in the reliever, get him back to that hybrid role. And then, you know, if we still have issues with the starting rotation, which I don't imagine we would after like a month, then go for him in the rotation. But I don't, I don't see that happening to the start. That's just, it's the same thing like with Jeff's injury. We don't want to rush him back and then get him hurt again, like ease him back in, get him one, two, three innings at a time. I agree, Greg. I think uh, Lugo, he's just, the injury in his past, it's just concerning. 
but I do think he would strive maybe CJ in like an opener type role. I mean, if you don't, he doesn't have to throw five or six, but if he gives you three or four, that's a big thing in a baseball game. So it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with him when he comes back. Yeah, I think for me, I think he's more of a long inning, really no reliever type. Um, obviously, he can be used in openers, I just mentioned before. But I think last year when when he was a reliever, he was throwing 98, 99. And then when they moved him to a starter, his velo kind of dropped a little bit. Um, and he was less effective in that in that way. So I think for me, he's more of like a two-inning, max out, do your thing, curveball, fastball, slider, like um, – than, than being a, a four-inning, five-inning starter where he's throwing, you know, 92, 93, and, and hitters can see him, you know, two or three times through the order. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Lorenzo. I think he for sure is more effective as that, like, multi-inning reliever, like pitch him in, like, a very high leverage situation, an opener, like you said. But he does like the story. I know that is his preference. He started for Puerto Rico in the World Baseball Classic, a bunch of those games, and he performed well. His velo does go down. I think he does try to keep more in the tank because he knows he'll be pitching longer. Um, but I personally am all for him in the bullpen. I don't really want to see him starting at all. I know he doesn't um, prefer that. I mean, he's made it known that, but uh, – you know, like I said, yeah, definitely think the bullpen is just a question that I thought would be interesting given the uh, kind of the situation that's unfolding with the injuries and such. Bullpens pitched um, much better than expected. I don't think anybody thought uh, that we were getting the performances top to bottom that we are there. So that uh, it was just a question I wanted to throw out there and see what the boys thought. And then so I'll fire one last question at you. Going off my final record prediction, another type thing. So you said 92 wins. Do you think the Mets are going to be active at the trade deadline come July? And what's some names out there that intrigue you? You know, it's, I don't, it really depends on the injuries. I think if Conforto's out long-term, I think maybe they try to bring in an outfielder like a Mitch Hanniger, maybe a Joey Gallo, we'll see. But I don't see them, I don't see Sandy being, too active at the deadline in terms of big names. I think he, you know, maybe he brings in, um, you know, I, I feel like in the past he brought in like a Kelly Johnson, a Juan Uribe, like guys who were good in the clubhouse, um, you know, kind of knew their role. Um, so I don't think he makes any any big moves, but I do think he adds maybe one or two pieces in here just to, um, you know, kind of overall complete the team. I agree. I think that's a good point. I love the Kelly Johnson and Juan Uribe, how you brought that up, because that was huge in our 2015 run, those small moves. The Mets have a lot of pieces. They're going to be getting guys back from injuries. And I agree with you. If we don't have a pressing need for injury, we might not see that aggressive of a team. And I just want to just say one thing just about like that 2015 and like Sandy. Um, you know, we had guys in our lineup like John Mayberry Jr. and Eric Campbell and guys you never heard of. Um, I think with this team, it's like we have so many talented guys just looking at our uh, roster on paper. It's like, who are you going to replace, you know, at the, at the end of the day? Like the third, third base is probably, you know, the position you want to upgrade, but J.D.'s been hitting, you know, Guillaume, he's been um, solid in his time as well. Uh, VR is coming alive. So you kind of just have to hope the, the lineup, um, you know, places their strengths and, and, and gets better. Yeah, I agree. I think that uh, right now there's not really too many holes like to fill. Like you're not going to upgrade on a lot of positions. I think third base would be the one that uh, first comes to mind for me. Absolutely. Like Chris Bryan, one of those dudes, maybe if he wants to upgrade from JD, but JD's uh, before he got hurt, he was in 400. So he's been absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. So hopefully that continues when he comes back. 
Um, but the one thing I wouldn't be surprised, maybe a big reliever move. You can never have enough arms in that pen. Um, and if something presents itself where uh, Sandy can take advantage, I think that's something where he could strike just because um, relievers typically cost less on the market, um, especially if it's a guy with only one year of control left, something like that. Um, but I think I could definitely see him make a move for maybe a lefty reliever shutdown guy that could uh, really help the team long-term at the deadline. I think that's something to keep an eye out for, most likely in my opinion. Yeah, that's what I was saying last week. Lefty reliever I'd like. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't see Chris Bryant happening to the Mets. He's having too good of a year. I don't even know if they're going to deal him. I mean, if he's going to free agency and he does those, he's going to be he's going to take a haul to get him. And like we said earlier, we don't really have the influx of prospects that we want to deal like that and not to the guarantee if he's coming back after. So, like, I don't know. I think we need to go after the pen. The guys will get healthy. J.D. Davis hasn't even had his chance to play every day. Well, I mean, it's he's, he'll be back probably by June. Then in what, end of July is the deadline. Like, let him play that two months, and people might not even want a new 3B as long as he holds it down in the field. Yeah, it's a good point, Greg. You imagine if they bring in a guy like KB, you could kiss Conforto and Thor goodbye practically, so. It's, I like your guys' idea of the big reliever. It feels like come the deadline, it's always a race amongst all the contending teams to get that good reliever. It's always a competition. You got to see who could get the big guy. And in past, that, those moves matter come postseason. They're they're very important. So I thought that was a very good point, CJ. Yeah, I think uh, now we got James McCann at the dish here, man on second, uh, no outs in the top of the seven, zero zero game. He's swinging and missing at pitches right down the middle. Um, so we can probably expect a ground ball to second base here. That's what I would assume. Um, oh, my God, he gets a hit. Oh, my Lord. And the Mets go up one nothing. Would you look at that? James McCann on cue. So I guess every time he's up, we just have to call him out. There we go. You got to love it. I did the same to Dom last week. He went three for three with six ribbies. What a guy. Would you look at that? He gets a hit yeah, out in front, and he's able to keep it down the left field line. You know, man. Boys, I think it's the reverse psychology. I was doing it to yeah. him all beginning of the year, and he was our best player. I did it. Come on. I think that's it. We just got to start chirping him. Someone's got to. Who's up now, CJ? Start talking. Start talking to some trash. No, I'm watching my phone. It might be a little high. But, you know, obviously, James McCann has to come around, man. Nito's giving him a run for money trying to take out bats from that dude. He's McCann. Outside of his defense, he's been horrid at the plate, man. You know, he's just like ground ball after ground ball, not in the ball in the air at all. He's so slow. Like, if you're slow, what are you hitting the ball on the ground for? You're going to be out like 70% of the time. So, hopefully, his swing comes around because that's obviously uh, – Something he just has to work out and not try to hit the ball on the ground like that. And John Shway with a nice little bunt to get the guy to third. Um, the only reason you do that is you know there's no way in the hell he's getting a hit because now they can just walk a dude and you got a double play right there to end the inning. So I'm not crazy about the bunt to get the guy to third, but John Shway is probably not getting a hit there. So uh, let's see if the next two get to the top and uh, rock with Frankie here. Yeah, I wanted to touch on my can. It's like he, I, I think I saw a stat where he was like he had the highest ground ball rate or second highest, other than um, David Fletcher from the Angels. And like, like you said, Slim CJ, um, like he's a he's a catcher. Is if he's in ground balls, he's out ninety eight percent of the time. So he has to make some adjustment. Um, but one thing I was gonna mention too is like he has played so much throughout the season, and I don't think he's used to that or he's even had that much playing time in his career at all. So hopefully Rojas, um you know, puts in Nito a little bit more as well. Yeah, I think that was a good point that you brought up uh, early in the week, Lorenzo. I know we were all talking stuff like that. We have our Mets group chat. Um, and he was playing with Grandal over there in uh, 
Chicago. So he was split in time. They were both all-stars um, at separate periods. So yeah, like he was playing with another all-star. He only had to play like what, 50% of the games, if that. Um, so now he's playing like 80%. Um, I know Nito's playing a little more now. Um, but yeah, hope maybe if Nito gives him a little breath, uh, maybe twice a week instead of once, three times a week, um, then his back comes along a little bit because he's been poor at the plate, but got that RBI hit. So uh, we're rolling one nothing LGM. <laughs> hey, never know with these guys. Sometimes, you know, they see the backup playing more. They will fire up their ass, start hitting the ball a little bit more. Who knows? All right. Any last thoughts from our men? I think we had a great episode. Probably went a little longer than usual. We just love to talk our Mets. We can't resist. You know, we get on here once a week and uh, we just got a lot to talk about. So thank you all for bearing with us. Another great episode. But our parting ways from our co-host, Bra- Cunny, and uh, we'll let the men go. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Let's go Mets. Big week coming up. Got to win these divisional series. They're always important. They matter. Let's go Mets. Zoe, thanks for coming on, brother. Always always nice talking Mets with you. And I will say, because I know we all are here, let's go Knicks. We got a huge first Knicks playoff game in years. I know it's off topic, but I got to get it in there. Let's ride. That MSG is going to be bumping. Zoe, uh, thanks for coming on, brother. Follow the Jets Way podcast on Twitter as well. These guys do great work. Thank you, boys, for having me on. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Love talking Mets baseball with you. And shout out to Greg for bringing up the Knicks. Didn't think he would, but huge Knicks fan as well. So hopefully we get a, a first round dub against the Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. Another great episode. Very glad we brought up the Knicks. You know, it's going to be tough to really focus it on a Mets week of baseball when we got the Knicks as a four seed and, uh, you know, going into playoffs high. You know, you told me they'd have a better le- record than LeBron and the Lakers at the end of the season. I would have told you you were smoking crack. But, you know, here we are. Go Knicks. Uh, go Mets. Hopefully a good week when Dora just walked. So we got first and third and the seventh. Hopefully the Mets pull this one out. Thank you all for tuning in again. Uh, seventh edition of Mets Mafia. We'll be back next week at uh, LFGM. Go Mets. LFGM.